It's Barely in Topic, a podcast for Boston Bruins fans by Boston Bruins fans. Welcome to Barely in Topic. I'm BA. I'm here with Jeff and Tim. What's up? Tim? Tim! <laughs> All right, I'm here. I'm dying, guys. <laughs> that seems suboptimal. I am on the injury report this week, or with an illness, and it's killing me. And I should probably hit the button when I'm going to cough, but whatever. Um, chest colds are the fucking worst. Yes. Can confirm. Yeah. So, after going a period of time without coughing, now when I have to speak, I'm going to cough, like, all the time. Which is fantastic. This week has been uh, confusing. I have another episode that we recorded, but I don't know where it is right now because I didn't cut it down and Mac decided to change operating systems and now I have to use another program and uh, basically it comes down to I'm stupid and I shouldn't have gotten sick and uh, my friend who was in town distracted me too much from getting my job done. I shouldn't feel so guilty about it, but I do. I feel guilty for a missing episode. So I'll see what I can cobble together from that episode. But anyway, um, it seems like we've been away for a while and we kind of have. It was fun having Mandy last week. We talked about... Bruins demotivational posters. Um, yep. You know, um, because I love Inspirobot and uh, those are like the best demotivational posters ever. But anyway, um, and we talked about, oh, we talked about what it's like at the garden right now for the seats. And I have a firsthand report now. Oh, <laughs> and? <laughs> yes, I went to the game on Monday. Um, I, by the way, I'm looking at Jeff and he's like staring at something. Probably some other computer screen. I mean, I'm flying on one screen today, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <That's good>. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, I did go to, um, I went to a game on Monday. And this is what I'm going to tell you. The seats are not as comfortable as they should be. Um, it takes a, uh, like I got into the seat, no problem, but the, 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 um, armrests like dug into my hips as I've slid through. And then it was fine, except that because there's no leg room and there's definitely no room for your arms. Yes, there are armrests, but they're there in like name only. They're just borders. Um, uh, it basically, distracted me so much from the game that I couldn't really enjoy it and at times I couldn't really even tell you what was going on. So what you're saying is that um, tall bastards like myself or our dear friend Andrew um, probably can't actually go to games anymore. No, they should just dangle you guys in a harness above everybody else. I mean, I mean especially Andrew because he's Chara-sized. But he's uh, Chara size plus one inch. Yes. Um, yeah, it's like, okay. I went with, with Glenn who's six feet and my friend Steve, who's like 
exactly six one, six two, maybe six three. Um, Steve was not comfortable. Glenn wasn't comfortable, and I was not the one in the middle. I was over to the side, and I was fine as long as there was no one sitting next to me, which was for half the period. And then they came in, and I was like this. I had to sit like this. My my shoulders were so cr- uh, crunched in, and I had to put my arms somewhere in front of me. And I'm sorry. If you're a lady and you have boobs, this is hard. It's hard to do. Um, so those seats are pretty bad. And and I'm sitting there and I was in the balcony. And it's like the seats themselves are comfortable. It's like the other seats, it's like, you know, you'd have to shift around a little bit sometimes because they were hard. These are not hard. They've got the cushioning and stuff. But it's just it's not comfortable the way that you're squeezed in. Now, I think I saw Jeff Israel did like a measurement thing on his iPhone and the seats have lost about three inches in width. That's considerable because they were, you know, arena seats, which means they weren't terribly generous to no. begin with. Well, it's to say they were on the narrow side as far as chairs go. I mean, maybe that explains why that lady was why, why that woman was 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 twerking on the um, in front of the glass is that, that his her, her keister didn't fit in the uh, seat because she was gener- generously endowed in that regard. Yeah, maybe she was trying to get kicked out so that she didn't have to sit in the seat again. I don't know. <laughs> and oh, okay, so here's what what happened too. Okay, so I'm sitting in the seat and I'm like if I move in any way, then I have to readjust to, to how that is and and like I said, it was so distracting. You just want to sit there and watch a game and I'm just like I'm so uncomfortable in some respects that I can't enjoy the game. So that sucks. Here's the other thing that happened. Absolutely nobody wanted to get up on either side of us. So I got in there and I didn't get my pretzel right away. And so I um, wanted to go get it. And it was just like, I unfortunately, we were in the middle of the row. And I had to figure out which side to go out on. What, were they just wearing diapers so they wouldn't have to get up to pee or something? I don't know. I mean, there's currently a two beer limit at... at uh, at the garden and you cannot pass one of those beers off to somebody else. Right. I don't know how they're going to enforce this, but yeah. So basically really a two beer limit. That's a little bit. But... No per time. Oh, well, I mean, that's fair. You gotta be able to, you know, carry the people them to our right had all had two drinks and their food and all that stuff. And they barely wanted to get up. And they, the woman even did something so much as to not even look at us at times during intermission. Like her back was to us so that she did not see that we wanted to get out or that I wanted to get out. And it was the same thing on my left side. So it was just like, and it's like, there's very tiny space for you to actually wiggle through. I was going to say, they've made that tight enough that like the, 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 the decision whether to give you the person your ass or the crotch really matters because, um, because it's going to be like this close. Yep. So like, you got to really decide if you want people's face in your crotch or up your ass. It's going to be there as opposed to just being a general courtesy thing. Uh, people stand up. They they do. But you know what? This is what's going to happen. You know, everybody's complaining about it on social media. And I, I, I know how it's going to work out. When they start losing concession money, they're going to alter the seats because people don't want to get them. But we're stuck with it for the duration of the season, for sure. At a minimum. They're not going to fix it till next offseason if they, if they decide. Right, to. right. But, you know, when they start losing money... That's going to be the problem. So I can tell you right now, if I'm going to a game, I might get a soda or something, but I might not. I might just go without. 
because I don't feel like getting up. I don't feel like getting up to use the bathroom. I don't feel like getting up to go get something. I don't feel like, you know, unless I'm on the at the end, I, I'm not going to want to do that. You know what I mean? Because it's a pain in the ass. So, mm-hmm. so that's what's going to happen, guys. That they're going to lose money on concessions, and then they'll make a decision about that. If they don't lose money, if they break even, they might still change it. If they if they actually still make a better profit off of it, well, then we're stuck, guys. So don't buy things. Don't buy things at the garden. That's it. And that's yeah. you know, going. And that's going right for Jacobs, which means that they'll respond. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Suffer through. Watch the game sober. I know it's difficult sometimes, but sometimes you just have to do it. Yeah, take a fucking stand, people. Yeah. So, like, I know the Bruins' second period play, it is hard to watch that sober, but you're going to have to do it, okay? You want those seats to be changed? Don't buy anything. Second periods. I thought we'd licked that phenomena after last season. God, I mean, no, no it's like because like this this kind of second period play is like during those you know during the two non-playoff years that kind of bleak oh when we were <laughs> calling it period one a or period one b or the period the period that follows the first that, 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 that follows the first and precedes the third yes. yeah yes when we say no it's not the second period it's just continuation of the first bruins i mean i get it long changes suck but you can't blame everything on the long change <laughs> At some point, you have to actually fucking Honestly, play. blaming anything on the long change is is making excuses. Because you both have the long change. Yep. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, sometimes it's harder to get off the ice. But, you know, when you have a when you have a too much man going on in the second period, it's not excusable. But still, come on. The thing about that is, like, even with a long change, too much man isn't excusable. It's like, just pay the fuck attention, guys. One. Yeah, there's that. Two. Three. Four, six. I mean, it could be worse. It could be like that. Um, uh, what? There's a game against Panthers some years ago, and it was like Panthers got called for too much man, and like a TSN put a counter on the number of Panthers on the ice, and it was eleven, not counting the goaltender. How has that even happened? It was great. <laughs> that's more. That's more than two lines. <laughs> Half the team just got on the ice. <laughs> In Florida, five is eleven. Because <laughs> Florida and their public education system. So that's my take on the seats. That's what I think you should do. We will talk a little bit more about the second period in a little bit. You know, let me tell you about that game on Monday. Why don't we start there? I think it's really funny that the Bruins said, you know, like all the forwards, all the defensemen were like, you know, I don't really feel like scoring any goals today. Why don't we just let Pasta do it? And then he fucking did. (laughs) My husband has a gold hat. I actually, at his birthday game last year, I bought him a gold hat because he lost his hat. Because of of a pasta trick. Yeah, because of a pasta trick. He lost his hat. He bought himself a a really new, funky looking hat. It It was definitely midlife crisis hat. You know, it looked like a hat that that pasta would probably potentially wear, you know, but he bought himself that. And then I bought him a gold one. Because I know you can never have too many hats. All right. So now the thing is, if there's a hat trick, they put an advertisement on the Jumbotron saying that you can get 30% off of the hat <laughs> right after That's the game. That's pretty fair. I mean, they're probably, they're, they're probably selling your hat back to you. They're just not saying anything. It's, it's just not saying it. But, you know. Right, right. So, <laughs> you know, 
instead of like, I don't know, I don't know how much they are, but instead of 30 bucks, you're paying 21 for your hat back. Anyway, so I bought him the gold hat and he, he had lost that gold hat last year and then he wore the gold hat this time. And then guess what happened to his gold hat? It, it, it got thrown because, well, a pasta trick, a pasta Texas hat trick. <laughs> a not, a, a, not just that, but a natural Texas hat trick. How the fuck often does that happen? So a natural hat trick is you score three of your team's goals in a row. A Texas hat trick is scoring four goals. Ergo, a natural Texas hat trick is scoring four goals for your team in okay. a row. All right. Well, <laughs> that's what he did because all the rest of the team said, I'm taking the day off. Just not, I'm not into scoring goals today. It's all on you, Pasta. Now, what's really funny is they kept saying the other night that it was it was National Pasta Day, but I read on Monday it was National Pasta Day, along with being Canadian Thanksgiving. So, whatever. I just figure Monday was actually the true National Pasta Day. But anyway, okay, so yeah, he scored all four goals. My husband lost the gold hat again. We have not bought a new gold hat. But how else is Pasta going to get hat tricks? I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to have to go to the the um, going to have to go to the pro shop and get another gold hat. Uh, we did not go after the game because the line was outrageous. A lot of people oh, buying new yeah, hats. Yeah, a lot of people buying new hats. <laughs> right, and we wanted to take advantage of that, but we we could not. But anyway, that's that's fine. So I'll have to get him a new gold hat. Maybe I'll get him a new gold hat for Christmas. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. So my husband has seen three of David Pasternak's hat tricks. In person, because he's had six. He's had five regular season and one postseason. So we've been to the one postseason, which was against the Maple Leafs a couple of years ago. And then we uh, obviously saw one last year and then we saw one this year. So my husband is definitely David Pasternak's uh, good luck charm for at least a hat trick, a season or postseason. Yeah. So I feel like the answer here is you guys need to go to every home game to ensure that David Pasternak wins the Rocket Richard. I think so. I think we should cl start a collection because, you know, we can afford some of that, but we can't afford all of that. Anyway, yes, especially ticket prices are through the roof. But anyway, yes. So on Monday, the team, they let the Ducks back into the game. But still, David Pasternak scored all the goals, and that was pretty cool. And then they played Tampa Bay, and the team again was like, hey, maybe Pasta, you can do this again. And he proceeded to score two of the three. Yeah, they're just telling Pasta to score everything at this point. So Tampa's an interesting case in general. That game, well, we'll get to that part of that game. To, to, to well, that, I we guess. can get into it right now. So they go in without Krejci. Um, so that's uh, second-line center uh, Charlie Coyle and third-line center Parlin Holm. Oof. Cool. Uh, and, of course, also lose, uh, lost um, uh, Nordstrom partway through the game. Um, uh, yeah, Krejci was uh, lost in the, in, in the uh, Monday game. Yeah, first period, too, wasn't it? Or It was early it was in early. the game, I thought. Yeah. Anyway, so they go in there. They're, they're, already, uh, short, they're already short, you know, a, a top six center. Bit of a problem. Bit of a problem. And for as good as Charlie Coyle has looked this season, he has one assist. It's kind of upsetting. Yeah, I mean, who's he had on his? Well, there's the problem. There's the, we'll, we'll get to that particular concern as well. Um, and so they didn't. The team did no scoring at, at five on five. In fact, they were scored on three times at five on five. But of course, the uh, nuclear super weapon that is the first unit power play scored three goals, one per period. 
Um, that would be cool. pasta, burgi pasta. Yes. And um, uh, and as a result, forced overtime and lost in the shootout. Correct? Yes. But yes. I, let, let's <laughs> just say one thing about the, the shootout. Tuka looked really good in the shootout. That's yeah. unusual. That's not really that's not really his strong point. Right, actually. that's exactly why I, I pointed that out. I mean, he's been great. He's looked good in general. That's weird because it's October. He's usually a dog shit October goalie. That's where I was going to start. <laughs> I was going to start with that, and then I was going to say when Tuka has to face a, a shutout. I mean, not a shutout, a shootout. You're just like ah fuck, right? Because you're like I, I get it, but you would hope that that Tuka would be a little more mentally tough for that. I will remind listeners that we've discussed whether or not you should, it's prudent to switch goaltenders for the shootout in when Tuka's the starter. We've t- we've discussed this before. I think I think back when Dobby was still back up. I don't think it came up last year, but yeah, I you know honestly, I was fine with Tuka being in net because he was strong. He's strong throughout. It was just that last one. Who was it? Was it Point? No, it was uh, Stamkos. Oh, I think. of course it was fucking oh, Stamkos. Okay, yeah. You know what? I'm going to tell you one thing right now. As a goalie facing Stamkos on basically a free giveaway, uh, breakaway, yeah, that's hard. It's really hard. Yeah, I mean, that, that, that's worse than facing Ovechkin in that situation because Ovechkin can't shoot from the Ovechkin spot in a shootout. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so basically it was like, uh, you know, he let in one goal in the shootout. It was the only goal in the shootout, but he let in one. And I'm going to say that despite the fact that they didn't have Krejci, they had to do a little line juggling, um, and uh, Tuca looked really great. This team against Tampa looks strong, except for that five and five thing. That's disturbing. Well, there's the things. Tampa's a little shaky thus far, right? I mean, like they lost to fucking Ottawa, mm, but they spanked the Leafs. They did. They did blow the leaf doors right off the Leafs. So this little this remember this this Tampa team is you know a still probably reeling from the shock last season. And also probably recognize that Cooper is probably is on notice at this point, right? Yeah. Like they have to make they have to if they don't go deep, this is the end of him for sure, right? Like I can't see after last year, I can't see how he has much rope. I right? I think that they might be trying to right. balance themselves in the respect of like let's not get hot early, like they were hot early and throughout, well, and then they just fell off in the playoffs. But but they had significant roster changes too, right? Um, uh, J T. Miller, Adam Ernie, whatever I guess, and uh, Ryan Callahan again, whatever I guess, and then a lot of defensemen left because um Strawman, um uh, Girard- and Girardi both left. Okay, we asked Girardi's like not even it's like the polar opposite of a difference maker, but mm-hmm. still a lot of change. I mean, you know, some of those changes are for the plus. You know, you know, Kevin Shattenkirk and Patrick Maroon on on discount dollars are both great gets. Absolutely. Like, really great gets. I had to remind myself that Shattenkirk is on that team now. And he's playing on a line with, uh, on a pairing with McDonough, who he played with in New York in some fashion. So, so who was playing with, with, with Hedman? Was it Sergachev? Yes, I think so. Okay. But, um, yeah, so it's like, uh, yeah, I, I knew that Pat Maroon was on the, uh, um, on the Lightning, and I was like, ah, uh, Bruins killer, stop it. Why did you guys do this? All things considered, even though the bolts are a little bit strange right now and they're trying to feel their way through everything, you know, the Bruins, they didn't fuck that game up. Their 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 special teams are both great. Yeah, the PK and the penalty yes. ca- uh, kill are great. What the hell is going on with 5 on 5? So, I guess I'll oh. say this now that we're recording. 
my thoughts on the five on five. One of the big things with this team is that unusually our head coach runs the power play. Yo, that's much like the power penalty kill is usually delegated to an assistant coach. You know, so we have uh, Joe Sacco runs the penalty kill, correct? Maybe. Yeah. Joe, but is his yeah. name really Joe Sacco? Uh, it, it, with respect to Anthony, of course, no longer is no longer doing this career with us. Joe Sackman Sacco. <laughs> And I wonder, I genuinely wonder, and like you hear about how like it's it's, it's the pedal, power play is, is 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 Bruce Cassidy's baby, and he works on it every practice, which is a little unusual. I don't think most teams work on their power play every single practice. I wonder, and again, I say this while having absolute faith in this coaching staff, <clears throat> if maybe the fact that Bruce is personally running the power play is causing him to neglect certain aspects of five on five, particularly the neutral zone, which he's personally said we're having problems with. Yep. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I don't have a strong enough opinion on, uh, on, on uh, Dean or, uh, or, or, or Pandolfo's coaching either. And I don't know what their, what their particular roles are. So I can't comment on that. I just wonder if maybe, if maybe Bruce should de- delegate a tiny bit more. So we can focus on five on five. I don't know. I part of me also wonders though, him knowing that they're struggling on five on five. If he works on the special teams, the power play so much, because like if one of them's if five on five is not going to be working, at least let your power play be good. Like don't I, you can't argue with the results on the power play. Like obviously the extra attention is doing something, but then again, when your first unit is our top line plus Krug and well, usually DeBrusque, although that really hasn't been a factor. Um, I mean, it has and it hasn't. He's actually he's done well um, shielding a lot of different pucks and stuff like that. Um, shielding the goaltender and playing well in the front and he should have had a goal there that was taken away. And I, I, I think he's, I think he's feeling his way through it, but I think he's, I don't think he's doing poorly by any means. But anyway, like the, something's got to give this kind of five on five play is going to, is, is, is going to kill this team. And we're having great goaltending, pretty damn good defense, great special teams. Like, we're just a smidge away from me, away from true greatness here. And again, you can't argue overall with the results. This team is still five one and one, and they haven't. While they've played some not a lot of not great teams, they haven't had an overly weak schedule yet. Right, right. I think the concern is going forward. Now we know that things, you know, teams have slow starts. They're still developing chemistry. All these things happen, but this this team is like the same team that it was last year with just a, a couple different parts. And the parts that are different are non-factors, which we'll get to that as well. <laughs> right. So you want to see them playing better five on five. You want them to see, uh, you want to see them have like clean zone entries and get through the, the neutral zone um, however they can. It's like at times you're just seeing a lot of giveaways, a lot of sloppy play. I get it. They're not. They don't have it all together yet. It's fine. We have to have something to complain about, right? Well, yeah. Right. And there are some things you can specifically point to, probably part of why uh, five on five is a problem. One is the fact that, well, let's face it. Um, uh, Krejci was injured, missed the opener, came in, and then got injured again. I doubt he was ever good in between. Yeah, I think he was trying to play it through it. Because that second line's been rough. Yeah. Um, like like so you know, DeBrusque has been a exercise in futility a lot of the time so far so something's going on there it's not clear what and and then Kuhlman 
Yeah, and then Kuhlman is trying his damnedest. He looks like he's giving it all every second, which is why we like Carson Kuhlman. But I think he's kind of running into the barrier of his own talent here. Right. And also, he's only a second-year pro, right? Yeah. That that carries into it. So, and I think Kuhlman is an NHL player. It is an NHL player now. I don't think he's a top-six NHL player right now. But, again, who else is going to play that spot? You don't have a lot of room on the bottom six right now. Um, no, because we have several pieces of office furniture that they keep moving around. Which leads me to the next point. Other points about five on five. I am so fucking done with this Brett Ritchie experiment. Oh, I thought you were going to start out with uh, Brett Ritchie. Why? I mean, I've asked that question before, and then he scored a goal. So, like, that was cool and all. But then he didn't, didn't do anything after. It's just, like, Brett Ritchie, you can tell why the Stars walked away and didn't qualify him. Yeah. Like, sometimes you can you can get great wins with guys that weren't qualified. Remember Benoit Pouliot, for example. Other times you can fucking tell why they weren't qualified. And uh, Brett Ritchie is a very much an example. So he, he went UFA because he wasn't qualified? Is that what happened? Yep, they didn't. Yeah, yeah the star the star still should have had him for one more two more years and they didn't qualify and they didn't give him a qualifying offer. Oh wow. Because I thought he was about twenty six. Yeah, but he yeah, he but he was UFA because he was no QO. Okay. We've all been like, oh I know we were like this all last year about Nordstrom, but this is different. Because Nordstrom does ton Nordstrom does tons of little things. Brett Ritchie does nothing. Yes, That's it. And you know what? We have David Backus and Chris Wagner to do that already. And both of them do other things besides hit guys, even Backus. You know what? I'm gonna say that I think that they, they wanted to pick up Ritchie. They thought he'd be a replacement for Nolachari. Except he doesn't do any of the things that Nolachari does. <laughs> it's not even as good at hitting guys as Nolachari is, because Nolachari is a human bus. You know what? I got to tell you, not many people are as good at hitting people as Nolachari. I mean, the only person I can think of that's that, that, that specifically talented at it, doing it that clean is, well, Johnny Boychuk. Oh, um, Johnny. Yeah. And, um, okay, it's like, it's, I mean, I get it. None of the, not a lot, none of the kids were really ready to step in, but like we already had Deadwood. The only good thing about Brett Ritchie is it's only a million dollars, which means that entire contract can be buried. And of course, what do you do beyond that? Though is the problem is that quite clear the teams decided they're not they're going to stop trying to make Anders Bjork a right wing. I think they are. Um, they've been pretty. They I mean they didn't play him at right at all during preseason, which they did both of the previous two years. And he's playing left wing in Providence right. now, so he's no. Yeah, they, they've they've abandoned. That okay, notion. okay. I have word on this. Okay, so on media day, on Providence Bruins media day, Anders Bjork spoke with the media and he said that Bruce Cassidy and the coaching staff want him to work on being a left wing and some of the habits that he picked up in college, the bad habits that he picked up in college of like kind of skating a certain way through the middle and not really committing were things that they wanted him to unlearn and relearn so that he would just be a left wing. It's his natural side. So were some of those the con- things he learned as a consequence of playing being a left shot playing on the right yeah. side? Yeah, because that's a tricky thing. There's people that can do it. People like Louis Erickson, really good at it. Danton Heinen, decent at it, right? But you have, but you do have to play a certain way. And if you're lazy about it, you're gonna, I guess, do that. Take bad routes. Take bad routes that put you out of well, position. Well, it makes you wonder if, like, some of that is why he ended up getting hurt. You know what? I bet so. Because like shoulder injuries have to be with bad or have a lot to do with bad positioning of how you take a hit, yeah. right? So if you're not used to taking a hit a certain way and you take it, the you know you can hurt really mess yourself up. So yeah, you know what? Keep him as a left wing. I get it. 
I, I don't want to move DeBrusque over to a right wing because I think that's not great. What it would be is Heinen moving back to the right side, just fine, which is fine. He played all the playoffs on, on coils, right? And that coil centering, sending Bjork and Heinen, the games that was together and the play in the in the preseason looked really good. Yeah, it did. Yeah, because it's a it's a lot of nice complementary parts yeah. there. Yeah. So I I'm all for playing him on his natural side if it means he's not going to get hurt and he's going to be more successful and he can unlearn the things that they want him to unlearn, then good, be on the left side. But then we still have the problem of, okay, then what the fuck do we do about all this, about the right side problem? Because we have Pasternak, Wagner, and then a bunch of, and then a bunch of Deadwood in between. Hmm. Like, honestly, if I was going to, like at this point, my, my preferred right side, and I even say this, despite the fact that I'm a, I'm a big Chris Wagner fan, I do think that overall Bacchus is still a slightly better player than him. My ideal right side would be in order, first line back, and I'm and I'm gonna I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna say it. I am officially in favor of breaking up the top line. Heinen, Pasta. No, fuck no, it's not right either. No, nope, never mind. I take it back. Okay, you still have a second line right wing problem. I guess it's gonna stay being Coolman. So yeah, I take it all back. Fuck that. No, Pasta, Coolman. Hein and Bacchus is probably the best right wing group we can put together right now. Assuming you bring up you, you bring up Bjork and then Wagner joins Lindholm in the box in in in, in the um uh, in the viewing box with uh, Brett Ritchie on waivers. If you brought up Bjork, then you would put Heinen on the third line right wing. Third right wing. So your second line right wing is still an issue, unless you think maybe that, and I don't think Coolman could be. You know, a lot of not a lot of lesser players can look decent playing with with, with Bergeron and Marchand. I don't know if Kuhlman's one of them. We know Heinen is, but I like Heinen with Coyle. The two of them, and and, and we know Bruce likes his his duos, right? Yep. And it seems that Heinen and Coyle, Heinen and Coyle is one of his duos. Yep. Uh, okay. Well, this is what I think you should do with the fourth line. Ready? I think you've got to platoon that right wing. Just alternate. Wagner and, uh, and and Bacchus as appropriate. Yep. Look, Wagner was great last season, but we have a lot of data points that say that that's not really what Chris Wagner is. And I'm worried, like, if we overplay him, he's got to turn back into a pumpkin. Yeah, I, I think that you're just going to have to platoon it right now. And then your second line right wing issue, you're going to have to address it in a trade. I don't know how, but you're going to have to. It's like, cap space is going to be an issue. I mean, we still have even more shorter term pressing cap issues is that what the fuck are they doing with Miller and Moore come back? So Miller's not on LTIR. So Miller can be reactivated without incident. Right. When Moore comes back though. So, so my guess is they're hoping Miller comes back. Miller looks good enough to move for a whatever. When Moore comes back on, right. That has to be it. Right. Cause is that, that's what, that's what makes that LTIR use strategy make sense to me. Yeah, I don't. I don't really know the full answer to this, and I, I wasn't prepared to think about that today. Yes, because Miller's supposed to be back in the not terribly distant future, whereas Moore is not until like December or January, right? So yeah, I heard the earliest was November, they're, but they're, you know, yeah, he's just barely skating now, and that's not necessarily holding a stick. But yeah, I think it's kind of key here that I mean, one of them is being traded this season. There's no way they're both they're both going to be Bruins through 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 the duration of this season. Right. The question is, if you're able to move 
And, the, and basically, in order to make it work, you need to be able to move Miller before Moore comes back. Otherwise, you're up shit creek. Which means you need Miller to come back, play a few games, look good. I've said it before, and I say it again. I'm not sure that Miller's really coming back. I know they, he's supposedly skating, doing practice before the group, all that stuff. But I don't know. I just, I, it's a gut feeling. And he, you know what? I could be completely wrong. It's fine. I mean, again, they didn't put him on LTIR, so they were they were expecting him to not miss enough games to justify it, to be able to, right? Which means that he's going to be, they're expecting him to be back within the next eight games then, counting today. Jeez, I... I don't see it. Because you, you have to miss at least 15 games to go on LTIR. Maybe they're waiting for him to miss the games and then putting him on. So you're thinking they're going to put him retroactively or something, Tim? Possibly, yeah. Maybe they kind of wait and see, and then that's what they're going to do is make a decision after that 15 game is up. I mean, if if that happens, I that would scream LTIR retirement to me, right? Yeah, and I mean, part of me wonders. Like, I know, I know he's uh, he wants to. He obviously wants to play and stuff like that. But, I mean, the brutal rash of injuries last year, is it worth coming back for him? Like, I kind of worry for his own health, like for the, for beyond hockey at this point. Well, there's the thing. He's, he's, you know, he hasn't made big money, but, like, for someone that really, by any measure, shouldn't have ever made the NHL, he's done pretty well for himself. He's, what, 32 exactly. now? Is he that old? No, I'm going to give me a second. 31. Yeah, he's, uh... 32 in November, on November 15th. Ooh, okay. So I was right on a technicality. I mean, it's not yet November 15th, so no. <laughs> <laughs> he would be 32 this year, right? Now you're just stretching it, unless you're going to be one of those weird cultures that counts you at one at birth, which is apparently a thing in some. On November 15th, he will be 32 years old, correct? <laughs> Yes. So I'm right. So damn it, just give it to me. But it's October. Oh 19th. my god, I don't <laughs> fucking care. <laughs> I'm dying here, Jeff. Give me this one last dying wish that I be right about something. You really want that something to be Kevin Miller's age? <laughs> yes, that's the one thing I want to be right about. This is literally this is the literally the hill you're choosing to die on. I'm dying. I could I could expire during this podcast. Yes, you don't know what I have. This plague, this awful, awful thing that somebody gave me. I don't want it. It feels so bad. I've been coughing so much. Anyway, um, okay, yes, so. Uh, he's on the wrong side of 30. He broke the same kneecap twice in different directions. Yeah. You know, it's kneecap injuries are just hard to come back from. They really are. Oh, I know. Um, Julie dislocated her right kneecap for the fourth time this summer. And that's, you uh, God, it's, it's awful. Um, that and micro fractures in your knee. They're really hard to come back from. But uh, patellar injuries, very bad. So I, uh, 
that's why I'm I'm so down on him actually coming back. I think Tim might have a point. They don't want to put him on LTIR right now because they don't know. There is no timetable for him to come back. They're just letting him practice. They're seeing how he's going and evaluating him. He's two days on, one day off. You know, that's a good point about the no timetable. Because all they've said is they think he'll be back before more. They've never said timelines. Whereas more, they've always been like November, maybe December. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> exactly. I I just it's it's just hard for me like like VA said it's hard to come back from one like patellar injury, let alone two on the same one in different directions. Never like, never mind the um, assorted other injuries he pulled last year. Exactly. He he basically you know, including including remember a freaking fractured trachea. Uh, oh, it, he basically was hit by a truck last season. I think it was a fractured hyoid bone, but yes. Okay, but like you know, but he's basically yeah, I know his season last year was basically that scene at the beginning of Meet Joe Black where Brad Pitt gets hit by four cars. And the hyoid bone is what keeps your tongue in place. So basically, when you break that, you can't breathe because your tongue is like, "Hey, I want to go down the throat." Oof! Yay! I know gross stuff. Well, yes, that is gross. But part of me also is like. With the knee thing, he broke the other one while rehab. He broke it the second time while rehabbing, which seems to me just like even worse than if you were just like broke had it during a game or something like that. It was he wasn't doing anything like overly strenuous. You would assume if he was rehabbing, and then it just broke rehabbing. I I just don't see him coming. I back. will say there's something about that all has baffled me from word go. If it's just been surgically bolted back together, and then he re- then during rehab it cracks in the perpendicular direction to that, how does that even happen? That kneecap already had a, had a plane of weakness that should have been the would have been where it breaks again instead of the perpendicular to that direction. Exactly. Like, did they fuck up when they bolted it back together the first time? Because that feels wrong to me, you know. Huh. Uh. Like you get where I'm coming from, right? Like, like what are the odds of it breaking that way the second time when he's rehabbing from it? No, 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 no. That should re-break on the same lines. Well, actually, um, when a bone is actually fused together, it's stronger there than it was before. But if it's not healed yet, and it wouldn't have been healed yet because it was too right. soon. It was only like it was only a few weeks. Well, I think that just points to deficiency in that bone. Okay, so Which... Kevin Miller needs to drink some fucking milk then. Um. Or get his skeleton coated in adamantium. I, we could just get him. We could just come up with Chris Kelly's robot legs. Yes. <laughs> Chris Kelly works for the team. He works for the team now. He's retired from the from the sport, so he doesn't need the robot legs anymore. He can downgrade. And he and Kevin Miller's only going to lose like an inch or so in height, so it's fine. Mm-mm. Yeah. Plus, robot legs, I'm sure those are, are, are like, you know, augmentable. You could probably, you know, you know, unscrew part of it and put in an extender. And it... <sighs> I mean, I've seen Inspector Gadget. Those legs extend. They get longer. <laughs> Wouldn't that be so funny if he were skating down, uh, you know, skating down the ice, and then there's a guy in front of him, and he's like, I just want to avoid this guy. And went, go, go, Gadget. <laughs> Up, spreads. <laughs> yes. I think that's how it should be. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's the way it should be. All right. So what other problems do we see with this team? Do we want to get into individual players? Want to put them on notice? Tell them what they should be doing? What's, what's I mean, going on? I think it's, 
I think it's too early to put anyone on notice. I mean, except Brett Ritchie at this point, just because Brett Ritchie isn't working. I mean, all things considered, the secondary scoring is obviously a problem still and is down. But at the same time, this team, their season ended like in the middle of June. And they're not having like they're five and they're five, one and one. They're not having any type of hangover or anything like that in terms of like the Stanley Cup. Um, I think I read that there are 21 players from last year's team back for this year, which is pretty rare when you make a cup run, having that many players come back. And I think they're motivated to get back to where they were and then actually win. And then, so I, I, I think it's hard to put anyone on notice. The secondary scoring is still an issue, but a part of me just thinks that it's just gonna it'll get figured out i think i think that they'll figure out how to work the lines i don't think brett ritchie is going to be on the roster much longer um and something something will happen there i just i have a hard time believing that guys like debrusque and things like that are just going to not score the entire season yeah the only the only thing I will say is that 5-1-1 one, and one record feels a little misleading to me. Remember, um, uh, three of the teams that they've of, – of the ones they've beaten are three of the worst teams in the league. Um, um, the Ducks? Dallas. No, no, not the Ducks. The Ducks are, are currently second in the Pacific. Oh, wow. Um, the Ducks, Arizona, and uh, the Stars. And oh, Sorry. Stars, Arizona, and New Jersey. Oh, there yeah, we go. New Jersey. Oof. Like, yeah, okay, you know, I mean, Anaheim's record, no, sorry, the, the Coyotes' record's 3-2-1, and one, but, like, they've also only scored, they've also been not scoring at all. Um, even worse than the Bruins on that front. But you also look at the two losses. You have an, a shootout loss to Tampa Bay, who yeah. was really good last year, and then you're really – two stupid overturned goals away from possibly getting a point out of that Colorado game as well. And I so, guess I should give the, they, and they sound and they, they, they comfortably beat both Vegas and uh, the ducks. So, okay. That's fair as well. I mean, you always play bad teams and good teams. I, I mean, I, I think, I mean, and realistically, they could they they're five one and one, so it's eleven points. They have eleven they have eleven out of a total possible fourteen points to start the year. That's what you want after you're coming back from losing the Stanley Cup in Game Seven in your own building. You want to see the team playing like that. Yeah, yeah. I just I wish I could see the goals being spread out a little bit more because guess what happens if David Pasternak for some reason Pasta gets uh hurt right now we're fucking screwed i mean i think we'd figure it out or not we but the, the team would figure it out but you know he's like scored like what 80 percent of the goals 90 percent of the goals a lot of the goals the team has scored 19 and he has scored eight so, so that is that's a lot 50. yeah <laughs> But yeah, the secondary scoring thing is kind of alarming because um, so we are our top five. We have five scorers with six, that are that are at or at or a, that are at or nearly at a point a game in the top four: in Pasternak, Marshawn, Bergeron, and Krug. Here's the thing: is only one other player has more than one point. 
Sean Corelli. Sean Corelli. What was that again? I'm sorry. Repeat that. Um, uh, David Pasternak had scored 42% of the goals. Um, it seemed like more. Yeah. So Pasternak, Marshawn, Bergeron, and Krug are all nearly at or well above point yep. of game. The next, so that's so that's so the lowest of those is Krug with six points. Quite good for a defenseman. After that, it's a drop off to Corrali with two points. And then everyone else has one, or in the case of four players, zero. Mind you, three of those four players have only played three, or in Camper's case, one game. So, like, whatever. Those three don't count. Clifton, Clifton and Kuhlman are the only players with a significant number of games played with zero, with zero points. It's a lot of ones, oh, though. Oh, man, I got to tell you, Corrali almost had that goal last uh, on Thursday, too. He, um, he beat Vasilevsky. It just went off the post. Yeah. It went off the uh, inside of the post and bounced out. So it was like, it was so close. He should have had it. And the, they should have used him in the, the shootout. You know, because he's good at those, like, maybe not necessarily, like, you know, long breakaway things, but he's good at getting the goal in, I mean, getting the puck into the uh, net at a close um, distance. That's That's the other thing, too, with the Tampa Bay game. They hit the post an awful lot. They hit like three or four posts. Yeah, three is the number um, that I caught on on that because uh, Jack said it at one point. I mean, that's some. I think some guys are kind of just snake bitten at this point, and I think I think it doesn't help that they had those two goals overturned because one of them would have been DeBrusque and the other one would have been Coolman. Um, it doesn't help that those were overturned for various yeah. idiotic reasons. If those goals had stood, um, this would be a different conversation because then the, the second line would have, you know, done a thing. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, right now I think it's tough for Krejci's line mates to uh, do stuff because Krejci's out. Um, you know, he got hurt. That's that's how it is. Um, Krejci is important. And Coyle is good. He does a lot of good stuff away from the um, – you know, um, he does a lot of good stuff. We know that, but he's just not getting the puck in the net for whatever reasons. And, uh, that'll come in time. I have, I have a lot of faith in Charlie Coyle, you know, it's just going to take him a little time. And it's, it does not help that he's playing on, you know, on a, on a different line, not with Heinen. Maybe when he's playing with Heinen, it's a different thing, right? Well, there's the thing is Heinen's only got 1.2. And the fact of the matter is both of them have looked excellent. So, like, yeah. if we could be in a position where they could consistently be playing together and not ha- and not have a fucking traffic cone for their right wing, maybe something useful would be happening. What do, What do you think about moving up Heinen to the second line? You know, here's the thing: is Heinen, they, they they did that a lot last year, and Heinen and Krejci just don't seem to be. No, a good no, no, fit no. To I'm me. just saying right now while Krejci's out. Put Heinen with Coyle. While Krejci's out, keep the two of them together, have them with DeBrusque, and my jump start DeBrusque. That's not bad. Like, DeBrusque and Bjork are very similar players, and I do think that those two need a running gun on their left side. So, so, so basically, you know how I said I wanted to be right earlier, you know, about Kevin Miller? I've changed my mind. I want to be right about this. This isn't... Yeah, that, that, this, is a, this is a much more noble thing to want to be right about. Yes, I agree. <laughs> and... I don't hate that idea. 
you're basically writing off the third line. We're rolling two fourth lines. If your four, if your third line at this point is going to be some combination. Oh God, how do you even structure that? Because then we're running short on left. I'm potential left. I'm potential lower line left wingers. Uh, well, here's the th- here's the thing though too. Um, I hate to be like mo- bring more bad news into it, but um, Char- you might have Charlie Coyle on the first line tonight. Whoa, 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 I thought Bergeron practiced. I thought he was good to go. Was he good to that's go? What, that's I, what Cassidy I, said. I'd seen, that, I'd seen that he practiced. I didn't see that he was good to go, but I heard he was skating. So, skating and taking rushes. So, Okay, that's good. I, I was just worried about that. Okay, I'm going to go see. Wait a minute, I'm going to look. Because I swear I saw that this morning. I saw that he skated, but I hadn't heard that he was actually, like, good. I mean, no one on Twitter seems to be hyperventilating about playing without him right now. Patrice Bergeron. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Patrice Bergeron and his status for tonight's game in Toronto. Feeling good, ready to go. No issues. Okay, good. Well, that's Uh, all. That is coming from the Boston Bruins um, uh, Twitter account. Okay, well, that's a relief. Just wanted to make you feel better. Crisis averted there. Crisis averted there, because that would have been rough tonight even even with the Leafs without Tavares that's rough I mean the Leafs will be interesting without Tavares because um suddenly their center depth is kind of dog shit (gasps) oh that's right (laughs) he broke his finger oh poor pajama boy but like he broke his finger they traded Kadri they're apparently absolutely refusing to roll Nylander at center even though right now they clearly should and Kerfoot's not a second line center so and of course, there's the other thing is um, their defense is bad and their goaltending's been awful so far. Oh, like 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 really bad. Like there's bad, and then there's what the Leafs have been doing. Like, <laughs> I mean, I know they're four three and one. So they're the only reason why they're four three and one is because they're just like scoring, outscoring everyone. They've already given up twenty eight goals on the year. And they've scored thirty-one, so like that's literally they're gonna, they're beating people like eight. So basically, their their top line is their defense right now. Yes. Well, and there's the thing is because their defense is just so they have two good defenders, yes, and they're playing as a pair, and that's Muzzin and Barry because um, especially now playing with Cody Cc. Um. It's quickly becoming apparent that 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 Morgan that Morgan can't spell his own fucking last name Riley is exactly what people have always been saying that Carlson and Krug were, despite this not being true. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a lovely development. And just to kind of put things into perspective, so the Leafs have given up eight goal, uh, twenty-eight goals in eight games, which is horrendous. The Bruins in seven games have given up fourteen. Yeah, I mean, they're gold oh, 28 again. Jesus fucking Christ. Like, has anyone – oh, my God. The Panthers have given up 29. Yeah, tell me about it. I have Bobrovsky in my cash pool. That's not going well for me. And <laughs> the Capitals have also given up 28. Their goaltending has been shit too. They're oh, also scoring a lot. That's because Holtby's watched. The, the Bruins are uh, a really good defensive team. They really are. Well, and there's the thing is like in Toronto's defense last year was bad. And um, turns out subtracting, um, uh, you know, Gardner, especially mostly Gardner, but also Hainsey and Zaitsev hasn't really worked out for them. 
No, no. Not to mention, like, I like Tyson Berry, the player, but, like, Tyson Berry was never going to be a solution for that that defense because he's just a higher scoring but actually worse in his own zone Jake Gardner. I think it's I think it's really interesting that they chose to deal with Kadri by just getting rid of him instead of just saying, "Look, dude, we love your passion. You just can't do that shit on the ice." Well, I think part of it and I think it's also in the end why they've let Gardner walk is like, you know, maybe this is time to finally dump the last two demons, the the, the last two uh guys that were here here for the 2013 for, for the whole 2013 fiasco. Because they were the they're the only they were the only players left from pre from pre rebuild, right? Oh my god! Like, like here's the thing: is being on a bad team that gets in your head. Look at fucking Buffalo. Like they're a team that should have been better the, the last few years than they've been, and it, part of it is there's a lot of players that got poisoned by the Tim Murray era. <laughs> it's true. Fuck Ryan O'Reilly. So, Fuck that and- guy twice. Preferably with like some sort of you know telephone pole strapped to the end of a truck at full speed. Going into a Tim Hortons. Well, huh. well that's after he pours him, then just drives his remains into the okay. Tim Hortons. All right. <laughs> and a little bit more stats with those. Frederick Anderson has a goals against of three point one four and an eight nine three save, and their backup goalie is Michael Hutchinson. He's got a three nine eight goals against and an eight eight six save percentage. Not good. Yeah, Not, it, ain't, uh, it ain't great. <laughs> but I'm pretty happy about it, so that's good. Yeah, I, I I love it. Morgan Riley and Mitch Marner are both leading the team in points. Morgan Riley has nine points and they're all assists. Marner has three goals, six assists. Matthews has seven goals and one assist. And part of it also too is their best defensive forward hasn't been out has been out too, right? They haven't had uh, Zach Hyman yet this year too. So, but but do you know who has eight goals? Um, could it possibly be David Motherfucking Pasternak? <laughs> yeah, it's the spaghetti guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. My uh, my fifty goal. 100-point prediction is looking fantastic right now. He really is. I will say that. It is. I have to say, if he just stays on fire and doesn't get injured, you're you're looking good. I mean, obviously, he's not going to keep up scoring six goals six goals in two games like he did this week. But, um, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah, he's, he's on pace for 94 goals right now. That's probably not going to happen. I was going to say that, 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 that's because that's – that's downright Gretzky-esque, so that's not No, but happen. you know yeah. what? When, when that stuff happens, when you have a week where that happens, just enjoy it. It's fun. It is. Well, it's just it. You, they're, they're, they're goal, their goals to the final count, right? It's sort of like Patrick Laine was only good for a month last year, but he still had a 30-goal uh, season. I know. Uh, <laughs> yep. In fact, it wasn't even a month. He was good for 10 days last season. <laughs> What's even crazier is uh, the first two games of the year, Pasta didn't have a point. Mm-hmm. So he's got in 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 five games, he's got eight goals and five assists. Well, he didn't have a he didn't do jack shit for the first two games of the season, right? Right. He's not on the school. Yeah, okay, that's what you might have just said. I thought you said for last year, but anyway, yes. So uh, not much to complain about. But getting back to the the uh, second line monstrosity that I want to uh, you know combine and make 
the third line, I guess for right now, I'm not really thinking about the third line too much. I'm not worrying about it. And I'm thinking, I'm almost wondering if I want to just take the, the fourth line and move it up to the third line, give them a little more time, and then make the third line whatever you've got, whatever pieces you got. Yeah, so so at that point, that third line, that third line or fourth line would be uh, like would basically be Lindholm centering uh, some combination of Richie, Backus, and Kuhlman. Oh God, I mean that would be a bad line. That would be a very bad line. Oh no, and and then and then whichever whoever's the odd man out would be probably right wing on the fourth line because you bump Wagner to the left because we're strapped for left shots at the moment. Um. And, and Wagner is a natural, is a center left wing, not center right. He's just been playing right because Nordstrom is just a left wing and nothing else. Um, it's a bad line that you can play like what seven, eight, nine minutes a night. I mean, yeah, you're not going to ask more than nine minutes of that game. That's a pretty standard fourth line, uh, fourth, fourth line t- time on ice. So, or. Or you say fuck it and don't bother dressing an entire third line and then dress seven defensemen. Oh, you could do that, yeah. Honestly, I think I trust Camper more than some of those players. So you're telling me Honestly, you, you would yeah. rather give that abomination of a third line more minutes than the fourth line? No. I would rather not even dress all three of them, dress an extra defenseman. And then just, you know, have the Corrali line be the third line. And then that fourth line, that fourth duo just, you know, be. Just be. <laughs> so it'd be like, so it'd be like Lindholm and Kuhlman probably, right? Yeah. <laughs> and then like Bacchus would be on that, uh, we would be with Corrali and Wagner and Brett Ritchie um, tossed out of the plane on the next road trip. Wow. So like on the, so like, well, okay, they're already in Toronto now. So like on the way back from Toronto. Or you can just stay in Toronto. We can give them him. I think he's from Ontario. Oh, yeah, I think he is, too. And so, yeah, that seems fair. There's no I mean, more just give it, I'm, yeah, I'm Leave like him at a bus stop. Give him some bus fare. You know? And then yeah. just go. It seems, you could, it seems you like could a call him an Uber, but really. Well, it's... it's... I don't think Brett Ritchie uses Uber. I think Brett Ritchie would use a Lyft. Okay, well, um, I mean, okay, I, I would use a lift. Are you saying that I'm Brett Ritchie? That I'm Brett Ritchie, maybe I am. <gasps> I would love to be 6'4. Oh my god, so many of my problems in life would be solved if I were just 6'4. Uh, sleeves reaching your wrists would be a new one, but uh, I already have that problem. Really, yeah, oh. Orangeville? Oh, yeah, he can bust that from Toronto. Not a big deal at all. Perfect. Easy. My <laughs> arms are a little bit longer than they probably should be. Or clothes are made shorter for some reason. And when I wear men's stuff, though, it, definitely, I, I get that. It's fine. I don't know. Anyway, that's not really important. Um, but if I were 6'4", a lot of my problems would be solved. I would love it. But sitting at the garden would be awful, even more awful. So I don't know. I mean, it really, you know, I got to tell you, not that I want to harp on this, but it really does make me examine what games I really want to go to this year because I'm like, ah, you know, I I could go up to like 10 games a year and I just don't want to do that this year. 
Not unless we have our sweet back. I really want that sweet. Oh, sweet was so good. It was. It was so expensive, but it was so good. But anyway, okay. Well, I know that Tim's going to have to go soon, so we are going to probably try to wrap things up. Yeah. Okay, so um, games this week. Um, today, of course, being... Uh, Saturday! October 9th, Saturday, October 19th. They are playing tonight, 7 p.m. in Toronto against the um, uh, John Tavares' uh, list Maple, Maple Leafs. Mm, I'll pour one out for him. Um... Uh, I mean, like, I'll drink the beer myself instead of pouring it out. Oh, I wasn't even going to do that. I, I was just saying, I was saying it. It was empty. Okay, fair enough. Um, uh, and then, of course, they come back um, to the Garden for next Tuesday. That's October 22nd, 7 p.m. against the Leafs again for an old-fashioned home-and-home. Home. Although an old-fashioned home-and-home home are usually a back-to-back, -back, not with two days in between, but that's neither here nor there. And then I'll follow that up with uh, three days off. And next Saturday, the 26th, 7 p.m. Eastern at the Garden against. <gasps> oh, fuck. Really? We're getting that this early? Yep. Yeah, we are. <laughs> St. Louis. Oh, my God. Those guys can go totally fuck themselves. They really can. Like, they could just, like, drive oh. themselves right into a fucking Tim Hortons. Yes. Also, <laughs> I want to get ahead of this narrative. If the Bruins win that game at home it's not getting revenge for june because it's a random regular season fucking game in october against a team from the other fucking other conference that they're only going to play probably one more time this season exactly it's not revenge for anything it's just beating them that's it now if someone hospitalizes ryan o'reilly that that might be revenge and while Maybe. I'm not advocating for injur deliberately injuring other players, I wouldn't be upset. I, I got to tell you, I really feel like this is why they got Brett Ritchie. Like they just kept him around long enough so we could wound Ryan O'Reilly next Saturday, and then they're gonna, and then they'll wave him. In the time between him causing the injury and getting suspended, you know, a la Zach Ronaldo. <laughs> <laughs> Zach Ronaldo, the only player ever to find himself suspended in multiple leagues at the same time. That's, that is, <laughs> I would say that's talent, but I just think that's dumbassery. So, yes, yep. <laughs> All right. Wow. Okay. So, wow. And then last, I'll just say it. And then the there's a back to back there. The game on on October twenty seventh, seven p.m. Eastern time against the New York Rangers in New York. Um, the Rangers haven't been great, but you know, Capo Caco and all that. So, you know, fun name. Nifty. And of course, you know, Panarin and, uh, and Truba are there now. Cause you know, things, Well, you know what? I got to tell you, I was right about Panarin going to the Rangers. You were, I was, that was the only thing I was right about, but I was right about it. I just knew. Um, okay. Yeah. All right. So that's our schedule. So much fun. Okay. Okay, so um, listeners, you've been listening to Barely on Topic. Um, you can found, find us on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, iTunes, and now you can find us on Spotify. Woo. And yes, that's right, people. We are now on Spotify, so that's cool, eh? Yeah. Um, talk to us, um, of course, uh, the, the podcast Twitter account uh, at Barely on Topic, and uh, on Facebook at Barely on Topic Podcast. And of course, our individual Twitter accounts. I am at Dr. Hand Grenade. I am at Tim A. Richardson. And I want to be right about at least one thing.
So what's your handle then? Oh, I'm at I want to be right about at least one thing. Com. Oh, about that. That's 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 not going to be this thing then. Uh, that would be at VA from RI. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! No, you got to. Uh, uh, okay, just my trying to read out my stuff, my my actual Twitter handle, like last week or something or the week before. It was awful. I could not get it. Oh yeah, this was after you had to do the sign out because um. Um, Tuka, while a perfectly admirable stand-in for me, also only speaks cat. Yes, yes. So, I mean, maybe sometime we'll just have her just do it, you know. Do the entire show just... Yeah, I'm not sure I want to commit to 45 minutes of that, but maybe two minutes. That might be fun. <laughs> I mean, I'd commit to 45 minutes of that. <laughs> 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 oh, what do you think, Tuka? She said she'll do it. She she's up for it. She said, "Yes, of course I will." Tim. Word. <laughs>